Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, July the 22nd, as we creep ever closer to Phillies opening day on Friday. Tomorrow, Major League Baseball, actual Major League Baseball, the Yankees and the Nats, the Dodgers and the Giants, starting the season off tomorrow night. Let's go. Cannot wait for that action, of course, Friday Phillies, Marlins, it is go time. Just, just so ready, <laughs> so ready for baseball. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's get this rolling. I'm never been more ready in my life for a baseball season to start. After the wait we have gone through, uh, some Phillies stuff to get into uh, tomorrow and Friday. We will start to really dive into true season predictions. Where will the Phillies finish? Who's going to win awards? All that type of fun stuff. Uh, today, some Phillies notes. Also, a, uh, a really good, interesting survey on ESPN, surveying current GMs about this unique 60-game season and some things to expect that was fascinating that um, can relate to the Phillies in a lot of ways. We'll dive into that first uh, in a few. First, uh, some Phillies news and notes before we dive in. Uh, Phillies surprise move yesterday. Josh Harrison was requested for and granted his release, which probably means the Phillies were had told him he was not going to make the major league roster, which not going to lie, surprise. I thought Logan Forsythe and Josh Harrison were the two best of that group of bench guys they were choosing between Neil Walker, Phil Gosselin, Ronald Torres, all those guys. Forsythe and Harrison, in my mind, were so the clear front runners for that for those two jobs. And it looks like neither one's getting them. And look, we're not down there. We're not seeing what's happening every day. And also, again, we're also talking about the, you know, for all intents and purposes, 24th and 25th guys on the roster. In this case, the 28th and 29th, whatever you want to call it, 30th, 29th, 30th, however you look at it, or maybe slightly above that, whatever. You know, it's bottom of the roster stuff, so it's not something where I'm losing my mind over it or anything. But I do think that... And again, I'm not down there. I'm not seeing the practices. I'm not seeing how well Harrison's playing, Forsyth's playing versus Walker. And I know, look, Phil Gosselin's been a star. I think he's like seven for his last seven between intra-squad and exhibition games. Phil Gosselin's crushing. He's doing great. But at the same time, Josh Harrison, Logan Forsyth have a major league track record of success and obviously not all amazing, and they've struggled in recent years. But again, these are guys who've been around the block who can do certain things really well, who give you a lot of versatility, Really surprised. And again, look, I hope I'm proven wrong and I'm not down there, but I think Josh Harrison and Logan Forsythe are better baseball players than Neil Walker. No, Neil Walker's had a better career. He's been around longer. Maybe not than Harrison. Harrison's had a pretty good career and made an all-star team, which I'm pretty sure Walker has never made one. But regardless, uh, Neil Walker's probably the best career of them. 
But I think right now for this team, when you think about the versatility that Harrison and Forsyth provide, I mean, the, the many positions those guys can fill in at, um, I just don't love the move. I don't love the move. Look, again, I'm not down there, so I'm not saying they're definitely wrong, and we'll see how it plays out. But I, I personally, going into this whole thing, thought Josh Harrison and Logan Forsyth were the guys uh, for those spots, and I was um, I was really hoping they'd get those jobs, and they didn't. So that is a, a bit of a bummer. But, uh, you know, now we're rooting for Neil Walker and either Phil Gosselin or Ronald Torres. <laughs> but, um, look, uh, trust the Phillies. Uh, hopefully they're making the right decisions. Again, I personally, I'm not down there, but I, I do think if you were asking me who should have made the team, it would have been Harrison. It would have been Forsythe. I like Forsythe the most of those guys. But regardless, those two guys are not making the team. And it looks like Neil Walker is definitely making the team. It looks like Phil Gosselin or Ronald Torres is going to make the team. And uh, that's the way it is. Again, look, I was shocked at Liriano, too. The, I think of this process here, Logan Forsythe, Josh Harrison, Francisco Liriano, remember when we did our uh, 30-man roster prediction, um, you know, whenever that, that 60-man roster came out a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, three and a half weeks ago, made our 30-man roster prediction and, and felt incredibly confident that Josh Harrison, Logan Forsythe, and Francisco Liriano would be on that opening day roster, and none of the three will. So I, I'm clearly shocked by it. I, I really am legitimately surprised by it. But again, I'm also um, I'm also willing to trust the, the the people who are down there and what they're seeing and all that. So we'll see. Hopefully, it's not a mistake. I, I, and again, we, you know, we are uh, we are talking about the bottom of the roster, so this is not something to that. Hopefully, we'll submarine the season or anything like that. But uh, I like Harrison. I like Forsyth. So disappointed that those guys did not make the team in favor of guys that I personally did not like quite as much. And um, and also, just to be fair, like the, the bottom of the roster is going to matter this year. Like we've talked about, you know, I think that we're going to see injuries. We're going to see unique situations. The Phillies have that stretch of 20 straight games at one point. So there's a lot of reasons that that bench could be really important. Um, but we'll have to hope for the best from the bench. That we have. All right, some more uh, notes before we get to that survey of general managers. Uh, Joe Girardi, uh, Jim Salisbury, good piece on NBC Sports Philly. Uh, Girardi talking about Vince Velasquez. And, you know, that's kind of been a main topic of discussion surrounding the Phillies right now, watching what Velasquez has been doing in the exhibition games and the inter-squad games and all that and saying, do you do you finally believe in Vince Velasquez? You know where I stand. I am... Uh, uh, show me. I'm, I'm Missouri right now. I think I need, he needs to show me a little more in games that matter for me to be all in. But it seems like Joe Girardi's in. I mean, the title of this article is, Are You Ready to Believe in, Vin, in Philly's Vin, Vince Velasquez Again? Joe Girardi is. That's the title of the article. Uh, some interesting quotes in here. Uh, Girardi said, I'm just going to leave it that Vince has pitched very, very well, and we have some decisions to make. But Vinny has been really impressive in this 2.0, really impressive. So we got a very, very well and a really impressive, really impressive from Joe Girardi. Not mincing words. He is uh, impressed with Velasquez. And again, on a macro level, when looking at Vincent Velasquez and looking at the history that we have with him here in Philadelphia, you have two guys, theoretically, who are making this decision about whether he's going to be in the rotation and, and how much they lean on him, in Brian Price and Joe Girardi, who have none of that history, have none of that baggage with Velasquez. They're coming in cold. They're coming in, you know, obviously they're they're looking at what he's done the last few years, looking at the numbers, all that, but they're coming in and, and, and working with this guy for the first time. And when, you know, they're adding pitches, they're, 
making him look this good. I, I can understand why you would believe. Again, the thing with Velasquez, the reason that this Velasquez thing is still happening, the reason that for four years, five years now, we keep saying, oh, Vinny Velasquez, oh, Vinny Velasquez, this is the year for Vinny Velasquez, is because the talent's there. Like, he has the arm. It's a, you know, million-dollar arm, and he just can't put it together. Who knows? Maybe Brian Price was that magic elixir that Vince Velasquez has needed this whole time. Maybe Joe Girardi was that magic elixir that Vince Velasquez has needed this whole time in order to reach his potential. Sure, that is possible. Stranger things have certainly happened in the world of Major League Baseball, but again, I I need to see it more. But um, he's in. I mean, those are strong words. From Girardi, uh, the article also notes that under the tutelage of new pitching coach Brian Price Velasquez, previously a devotee of the high fastball, has broadened his pitch repertoire and diversified his approach to getting outs. He added a cutter during quarantine and worked on it religiously with assistant pitching coach Dave Lundquist. Velasquez said, the whole quarantine made me look back. A lot of guys were gearing up on my fastball and me being a power pitcher. I needed to learn how to locate something away from righties and in on lefties. The big lefty guys would ambush fastballs in, and everything was pretty much straight. So I wanted to find something that I was more comfortable to throw in on lefties and away from righties. Awesome. That's what we've always wanted, Vinny. You know, add a pitch, baby. You know, please, please, yes. Uh, look, in general, and again, I, I do think the price is making a difference here. Um, in general... Uh, you know this. This is the kind of stuff you do look for when when guys finally do figure it out or break out. Is is the new pitches? Is the new approaches? Um, you know, generally, if I hear guys throwing much harder or something like that, you know, it's, you know that that's the kind of thing that can make a difference too. But you don't hear that as often. It's usually when guys actually develop when they change. It's not because of a tick up in velocity or whatever. It's because they added a pitch or they changed their approach. And it sounds like those are two things that Velasquez has done. He's added a a pitch and he's changed his complete approach to how he gets batters out. And, you know, that's what a great pitching coach can do. And that is the kind of thing that could unlock someone's potential. Velasquez said it's just a matter of mixing speeds, changing eye levels, and going from there. Yes. So uh, the fascinating thing is what it sounds like is, is Velasquez is talking about actually pitching Instead of throwing now. Like, that's what it sounds like. And, hey, again, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to, to jump on the Vincent Velasquez train. But I, I do think this is hopeful. This is optimistic. You should be optimistic about this. Again, I, I'm cool, like me, if you're not ready to both feet just jump on in on Vinny Velasquez. But I do think that, that you know, this is encouraging. And, again, I'm I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm encouraged. Girardi went on, he said, he's got different weapons. He has his four-seamer, he's added a cutter now, which I think has been big for him. His curveball, his changeup. He's worked really hard on that, and it's been effective. The four-pitch mix helps you get through lineups the second and third time. When you're going through a lineup the third time and you've only used two pitches, they've seen everything you've got, and it's much more difficult. Well, that's been Vinny's problem, right? We know that. That has been... The issue is that Vinny uh, has really struggled that third time through the lineup and much better one, two, and then really downhill. That that obviously could make a difference this year if, if he can actually get some outs on the third time through the lineup. Girardi went on and said Vinny is a worker, and he's going to work really hard, and he wants it really bad. So I think his determination has helped us make this adju- helped him make this adjustment. Yeah, I mean, that's great. <laughs> terrific, terrific stuff. 
That's uh, it's exactly what you want to hear from Vinny Velasquez, from Girardi about Velasquez. Again, uh, you know, I still need I need more evidence uh, in meaningful games that this is a real change that he's going to stick to. Because look, we've seen Velasquez have stretches, as I you know we've talked about before. We've seen him have stretches of. 10 games, 7 games, 4 games, where he's been really, really, really good, and it looks like he's different, like he's working quicker, like he's not doing his whole Vincent Velasquez thing on the mound, and then all of a sudden he always seems to revert back to the guy who has driven us crazy so long, so many times. So I do think, uh, I hope that this is a real change. I hope that this is Brian Price and Joe Girardi getting through to this guy and and finally unlocking something in him, because look, again, I don't, I don't ever think Vincent Velasquez is going to be an ace. I don't ever think he's going to be a, a top-tier type pitcher. But I, I think that, you know, if if this is real, if these changes are real, he could be a starter for you. I mean, he could be someone who's a worthy of a starting rotation spot, which is certainly not something he's been the last few years. So, um, again, I'm hopeful. I'm not I'm not there. I'm not close to there. Not. But, look, I trust Joe Girardi as a baseball man. I trust Brian Price as a baseball man. And I trust what I've seen so far. And uh, again, I'm I'm not there yet, but especially because we're talking about exhibition and and intra squad and all that. But I'm more hopeful about Vinny than I was a few weeks ago. I'll put it that way. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed here. Keep keep it up, Vinny. Let's say that. All right. Keep it up. Uh, all right. Uh, really fascinating survey. And again, tomorrow we're going to dive into starting some real season predictions as this 60 game thing is actually happening the Phillies on Friday tomorrow baseball will start we'll make some season predictions tomorrow some more specific Phillies predictions as well uh, over the next two days and uh, it's just it's go time it's go time ready and a fascinating survey Jesse Rogers did an article on ESPN.com talking to 18 general managers, a panel of 18 major league general managers, assistant general managers, and scouts um, to answer questions about this 60-game season, about specific rosters, about the uh, how it's going to work and all that. I thought some of these questions posed some fascinating um, discussion points. Um, first question was, is there a team aside from your own that you think is uniquely well-positioned for a 60-game season? Interesting results here. Not not insanely surprising in the sense that all five of the teams that got votes were are talented rosters. Um, interesting in that the Tampa Bay Rays got the most votes. They got seven. Uh, the Dodgers got six. The Braves got three. The Twins got two. The Indians got one. Um, so uh, it's interesting to, to find out why. Uh, one, one executive said, I'll take Tampa Bay. Great pitching with a lot of flexible pieces and players who can be matched up in short windows to provide an advantage. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think the the Tampa Bay thing is fascinating because that is what they do, and they are also one of the, probably not one of, they are the smartest team in baseball. They get the most out of the least. Their manager is a borderline genius as far as I'm concerned. Kevin Cash is so, so talented at what he does. Um, It's a great point. Uh, The Rays are a team that wins on the margins, that wins... By doing the little things, by by matching up, by by righty lefty stuff, by you know putting this pitcher in versus this guy versus this thing, you know, with all the minute stuff that that sometimes can annoy people, but the Rays do it so fluidly and uh, and so intelligently and so easily that I love this Rays call. I think the Rays are a, a uniquely well set up team for this this weird sixty game sprint. 
And for what it's worth, like they're not on this list, but I do think the Phillies comparative to other some other teams are, are in solid shape from a setup perspective. Uh, another executive said, I'm not sure why Atlanta doesn't draw the same buzz the Dodgers get. Okay, they may not be as deep with their staff, but they have talent experience just like LA. That is true. I do I do think the Dodgers uh, as far as um the Braves, I mean, um they're not quite as talented as the Dodgers. They are super talented. We know that we've talked about it. Uh, you know, but it is look, the Braves are one of those teams that heading into the season, it's a it's a bit it's a bit nerve wracking if I were a Braves fan. Um again, when we make our, our predictions, I'm still gonna pick them to win the NL East. I still think they're the most talented team, but Freddie Freeman, you know, is, is healthy now from after having COVID, but it really it really kicked his butt as he talked about it. and um, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be ready to start the season, certainly not physically ready to really start the season. Um Cole Hamels doesn't look like he's going to be ready to start the season. They've already had Nick Marcakis opt out. They've had Felix Hernandez opt out. Uh, not that Hernandez was a big part of their potential success, but still someone who might have been their fifth starter. Um, and those are concerns. You know, and just often not a great start, I would say, with the Braves. Uh, but again, they are still, even with all that stuff, the most talented team in the division. And, and also they have a lot of players they can cycle through. I mean, they're... They probably, you know, we talk a lot about what the 30-man roster is going to like, but if you want to talk about who has the most talented 60-man rosters, which I think will matter this year, as we've talked about, that injuries, especially pitchers, you know, not being fully ramped up and all that, and um, just having to, to consist- consistently fulfill and, and fix the roster and all that, having that 60-man squad, I think the Braves, you could argue, have one of the best 60-man squads. There's so much depth, so much talent across that squad, so that's a fascinating one. Uh, the next question was, which area of the roster becomes most important in a 60-game season? This is a fascinating question um, with some fascinating answers, but again, all leaning in one way, which is maybe not a good sign for the Phillies, but the survey says uh, seven said starting pitching, six said pitching depth, four said the bullpen, and one, thinking like me, said the taxi squad, which again, I do think the taxi squad is f- super important this year. Like It just is. Um but, man, when you're saying that out of 18 general managers, assistant GM scouts surveyed, 17 said that the starting rotation, pitching depth, and bullpen, some forms of those, are the most important part of the roster in a 60-game season. Well, that doesn't play well to the Phillies. No, does it? Uh, on any of those levels. All three. I guess the rotation, like we said, could be okay. Uh, the The bullpen and the depth. Far less, far less. Okay, um, so we'll see. Not ideal, but it is fascinating that. And I would have said that too. If you asked me, what's the most important part of the roster? I would say pitching depth would have been my answer. And I do think the taxi squad answer is important. As I, I mentioned, I wouldn't say it's more important than pitching depth, but I think that I could almost combine the two and say pitching depth, taxi squad's part of that. You know, to be able to bring guys up and all that. So I think pitching depth the most important thing. Uh, next question: Which twenty twenty rule do you like the most and the least? As in the DH in the NL, runner on second to start, uh, extra innings, and uh, and three batter minimum. Uh, m- most people said uh, universal DH 11. Um, only two people liked it the least. Extra innings uh, got five least, two the most, and the three batter minimum. Uh, seems to be the one that people hate the most. Uh, it, it, people in the sport hate the most. Um, it got zero most liked and nine least liked votes. Um I would rank them as, I like the universal DH the most, three batter minimum, second most, runner on second base, least by far, not even close, shut it down. Next question. Will we see an all-star traded this season? If so, who? Now, the if so, who is is a tougher part, but just in general, uh, I think this is a fascinating question because they will have a trade deadline. It's August 31st, all that stuff, but 
Um, I believe it's August 31st. Um, but um, it is fascinating because it's going to be really hard to trade this year. Like in the, first of all, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, so just moving a player across the country or wherever is, is a more difficult task than normal. But also um, there are so many contract repercussions and so many situations. These teams don't really know what's going to happen this off season. Don't know where they're at from financial perspective that I just, I think it's unlikely as far as the uh, survey said, eight said yes, 10 said no. So the majority say no, but eight saying yes, we'll see an all-star traded this season is, is an interesting, that's still a, a substantial number. Um, of the uh, All-Stars uh, specific players who were mentioned, uh, an All-Star reliever received two votes. They don't say who that is, but then J.D. Martinez, Bradhead, and Craig Kimbrell all received one vote as well. Um, if I had to guess, I would say we do not see an All-Star traded uh, this year. Which season off-season acquisition will have the biggest impact? The new one, Anthony Rendon, Mookie Betts, Garrett Cole. Uh, everyone voted for Cole. 13 of the 18 for Cole, 3 for Rendon, 2 for Betts. Uh, that is the order I would do it in as well. Uh, Cole, Rendon, Betts, mostly because... Um, I think the Dodgers need bets the least of those guys. So um, that's, uh, that's about it. Uh, who will be this year's breakout team? We finally see our team on here a little bit. Uh, so uh, really dispersed voting here. But um, of the 18 votes, who will be this year's breakout team? The top two vote getters, the Mets and the Blue Jays with three. So not ideal because those are two teams the Phillies will have to contend with. Um, the Rangers, Padres, Phillies, White Sox, and Reds all got two votes each, and the Dodgers, Diamondbacks got one. Like to see that. Uh, along the line, quickly on the Blue Jays. How about that, man? Not being able to play in Canada, that is something. Uh, it looks like Pittsburgh for most of the home games. That'll be interesting. I, I guess easier for the Phillies when they have to go to Toronto. They're going to Pittsburgh. That is way easier. You know, it's just an easier travel, easier trip. So I'm not leaving the country. So I guess that's a good thing, but... Unbelievable that the Toronto Blue Jays will not be able to play a game in Toronto this year. A uh, couple more on this. Uh, so it's nice to see the Phillies there. Uh, which top team is most likely to take a step back? There's an interesting one. The Nationals get the most votes with eight. I've talked about that. The potential for after a uh, you know, losing Rendon, shaky bullpen, and then you know, going deep in October. It's an interesting one. Brewers got four votes. Red Sox, two Astros, two Cubs, one. And then uh, the last question of the survey What's the biggest difference in how teams will approach the 60-game season? This is fascinating. We've talked a lot about this. It's an open-ended question. Obviously, responses varied. Here are some of the responses. Uh, expect to see everyday players playing in all 60 games. That makes a lot of sense. Utilize these guys as much as you can with such a short game. You know, these guys normally play 160 or whatever games, so 60 should not be too much of an ask, especially with some off days in there. Maybe um, the 20 day straight the Phillies play maybe someone gets an off day in there but I, I agree with this I think you'll see Harper play 59 60 or 60 that type of thing um teams will be pushing starters deeper into games I think that's true later in the season I think eventually when you get to the point where you're not worried about innings limits and all that they'll push them I think early in the season though I think it's going to be the opposite I think you're not going to mess around I think these guys just aren't going to be built up we've heard Girardi talk about you know Wanting them to get to 60 or 80 pitches. I, you know, we're talking 100 plus, no way early in the season for, for most guys, would be my guess. Uh, also says they'll also get aggressive with prospects playing in the majors. Totally agree with that, but I think it'll be after the week of service time is up. But I think you see Howard, I think you see Bowman. And the last one, it says, and everyone has a chance. It says strategy can be shifted after a bad start, but there's no reason for a club not to think about winning, which means using your best prospects, including your starting pitcher prospects who could be converted into relief. For the year. And yeah, that's it. Like, again, like, it is unique in the sense that 
as we've talked about, if you want to say like in a, in a normal year, there's, there's realistically, and, and we know it's baseball and weird things can happen, but realistically there's, let's say in a normal year, six to eight teams, depending on the year, depending on the season, who have a real true chance to win the World Series. Six teams. This year, I think there's like 12 to 15 teams. You know what I mean? Because, I, again, as I've talked about so many times, I think how these human beings playing baseball respond to the situation they are in and the unique pressures of playing in the middle of a pandemic is going to dictate which teams have success and which don't as much as anything other than maybe talent and injury luck. You know, I think those three things, injury luck, talent, and compartmentalizing, being able to handle the moment, are going to be really the three keys to who who succeeds and who doesn't. And uh, that's why I think it's going to be such a fascinating year because there's really no way to predict it. And that's why tomorrow will be fun because we're going to make predictions. And, and Friday will be fun because we're going to make predictions. But um, I really don't think anyone knows. I think it's going to be really... Uh, there are a lot of factors that we don't know the answers to that are going to play out this season. It's going to be super fun to watch as a result. So tomorrow, we will dive in to start to make some real predictions for the season as tomorrow night, tomorrow night, we will see baseball games that matter. And then finally, the Friday, Philadelphia Phillies opener. Let's go. Cannot wait. So until tomorrow, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.